0: Welcome to the Configure Price Quote podcast. My name is Frank Sohn, and I'm the founder of CPQ Consulting. This podcast is 100% focused on Configure Price Quote, also known as CPQ, and will provide you useful insights into this topic. My guest today is Justin Scott. Justin is the newly appointed CEO of Atlatl Software, a visual commerce vendor with CPQ capabilities. Justin was with Zillow and Tumblr before he joined Atlanta in June 2019, and he lives in Charleston, South Carolina. Justin, welcome to the CPQ Podcast.
1: Frank, thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited to talk to you today.
0: I'm very excited to have you on, right? So especially since you're new in this uh, position, right? I think when you joined Atlatl Software, you joined as the chief growth officer, right? And maybe that's a good way to start about that. Tell us what the chief growth officer is and, and why you joined Atlattle in in June 2019.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of a newer title. Uh, the, the definition that we kind of had, I oversaw uh, sales and marketing and, and partnerships, which for us was all about demand and distribution. So I was, I was lucky enough to join as the chief growth officer. And as you mentioned, um, I'm the newly appointed CEO. So happy to be
0: here. Excellent. And I think I was a little bit short in my introduction. I just mentioned that you were with other companies like Sillo and Tumblr. Tell us a little bit more about that, please.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're definitely formative to, to how I think about tech and, and how I think about companies. So, you know, I guess I've always kind of had a gambler's personality a little bit, um, not really in in, in, uh, in cards or, or poker or anything like that, but I've also kind of gambled on, on tech companies. So, I was really lucky to start my career at Zillow, which um, if you think about it really brought kind of visuals and data to the masses for, for real estate. And I, I was lucky to work for a guy named Rich Barton who, who really had an ethos of, of power to the people. And you know, the concept around Zillow is you know if you enable buyers with the ability to make better decisions, ultimately that's better for the sellers as well as you think about conversion. So You know, I was at Zillow for seven years, um, really kind of cut my teeth and learning from some of the best um, that that I mentioned. And from there, I went to Tumblr, which was really about, you know, visual content and specifically the the GIF format and and how content travels in in network distribution. Um, And after that, I was at a political startup called Fiscal Note, um, and that also took big data. Um, But it visualized it through sentiment analysis and and predictions on legislation. So, you know, I've I've done a lot of different things, but the the commonalities are, you know, big data, big data and pricing with, you know, the visual formats to – to help buyers make better decisions
0: no and we will talk definitely more about that i think especially about the visualization part very interesting but one thing i ask every guest on the podcast is what do they, what do you like to do when you don't work and i hope you have enough time to do something
1: I do. Well, I'm fortunate enough to live in Charleston. Uh, and it's a, it's a beautiful environment for the listeners out there if you haven't been there. Um, it's all about water. So you can find me with the kids and, and my, my lovely wife uh, out on the beach or out on the boat. Um, we have young kids. So most, most of my non-work activities are wearing the kids out and just spending time with family.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I, I know that for me, it has been a while since I did that, right? So, But it's, uh, it's a beautiful location where you live, right? Yeah, um, come visit us. And, and one thing I wanted to ask you right now is COVID-19. It seems to impact everyone. I was just wondering, how does it impact Atlantis software at this time?
1: That's a really good question, Frank. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely not happy about what, what has happened to the economy and, and the pandemic is, is very serious, but, um, you know, with the sudden stop, uh, virtual selling and virtual buying uh, has risen in priority. Um, so our conversations have accelerated because we provide that, that digital utility. And I, I think what you're seeing is a forcing function of digital transformation. Um, for the companies we talked to, it was, you know, always something that was progressing and on their list. But now digital and especially visualization Uh, Is not only transformation, it's become a digital safety net for your business. So companies are scrambling, thinking about revenue optimization and priorities. And, um, you know, we're happy to serve our customers with with visual commerce, which we'll hopefully get to talk about.
0: Excellent. One thing I want to go back to as well, as I mentioned in the introduction that you're the CEO now, you joined the company as the chief growth, growth officer. Tell us how it came to the appointment of the CEO position.
1: Yeah, um, you know, the, the previous CEO did an incredible job building kind of our, our offering a, a visual CPQ in the marketplace. I uh, had a little more experience on the commerce side. So as we kind of expand, expand into our whole platform solution for visual, um, it was just kind of a passing of a torch as I kind of scale the team to, to
0: new heights and new ventures. Excellent. I definitely wish you all the best for that. Now, uh, tell me, what, what is for you personally now the most exciting part of being at Atlatl as the CEO at this time?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's incredibly exciting to be in a massive market, right? So if you look at commerce, it's roughly, you know, one and a half trillion dollars. Um, and we're applying an emerging technology to a massive market in, in what I kind of look at as a, a new product category. In addition to kind of my background around empowering buying with visualization and tools, you know, I, I couldn't be more excited about the opportunity the team has. Uh, secondarily, we have amazingly smart people at Atlanta, and um, I learn from them every day. So I feel like we've got the right combination of of market dynamics, which is a combination of tech and timing, as well as talent. Um, to do what we need to do in the the marketplace. Mm
0: -hmm. And for all the listeners who are not necessarily familiar with Atlatl software, tell us a little bit more what Atlatl does and also what you mean when you talk about visual commerce.
1: Yeah, I should define that. So, you know, if you ask me what does Atlatl do, I would say we provide interactive product experiences, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, product products, in, in our mind, need to be interacted with. They need to be understood. And we use a combination of technologies to do that. Uh, most notably, 3D visual configuration, which is the ability to configure a 3D 3D object in space, um, as well as distribute that to AR. And we think that's incredibly important because people on, on web and CPQ experiences um, are interested in, in personalization, right? They, they want to... Uh, have predictive recommendations. And, you know, the funny thing is we have we have all this technology in, in web interfaces and, and through CPQ engines, but we really haven't innovated out of the JPEG or PNG file in, in 20 years, which is, it, it's a gap, right? Because if the intent of marketing is, or in the intent of sales is to move product or connect buyers to products you would think one would want to invest in, the, in a technology to show that product in the best light. Um, and so that's what we do. That's what we do. And it's, it's just not a one-way experience. It's a two-way experience, meaning that you engage with the product. You can, you can virtually touch and feel the textures and see lighting and, you know, really make You know, big, empowered decisions around what you want out of uh, usually high-priced items, Um, and so we want to do that for our buyers, which is what we call the experience economy, right? And that's the concept that if you provide great buying experiences, buyers will come back again and again. You know, that's kind of digital habits. Think about think about Amazon there, and then if you do that, that increases conversions for sellers, right? And increasing conversions directly affects you know the, the 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 bottom line of your digital properties as well as your offline uh, properties as, as well as dealerships and and stores so you know, we're excited to create revenue for our customers.
0: Excellent. And I think one question which forces itself after that statement is like, especially right now during COVID-19, what differences do you see concerning e-commerce and visualization from before COVID-19 hit in the U.S., let's say in early March, uh, to now? you see any noticeable differences?
1: Yeah. So the, the interest in just visual configuration, the marketplace, um, has grown because people can't go into stores, right? Uh, sellers can't get face-to-face with their clients. Um, you know, also, we're in front of our computers more. So web traffic has increased. And the, the problem for companies that haven't adopted visualization is they weren't prepared for this. They, they were on their heels. So they haven't been able to optimize, from a revenue perspective, the, the higher traffic on their sites. Um, and then from a seller side, they haven't been able to virtually sell because they they can't show product like they used to in person. So you know, <clears throat> for the progressive uh, progressive uh, people out there or companies out there that were prepared, they're they're enjoying this time. And for those that are are thinking about uh, what's next, we're we're happy to engage with them.
0: Great, and since we are talking about COVID-19 now, another question on this topic, if and how has that impacted your company culture so far? I think you have around 70 people or so, and I expect that most of them work remote right now. How is that working out for you so far?
1: That's great. Yeah, we're, we're about 60 people, uh, mostly in Charleston, some in New York, so a little, little smaller, but you know, we talk about culture a lot, and one of our tenets of culture is the ability to adapt, and... Uh, I'm actually pleasantly surprised with how fast we could, as a tech company, mobilize to work from home. Um, you know, we use video conferencing tools, uh, Zoom, to, to name the company. We use Slack for communication. So we had the tools readily at, at our disposal to make that transition. So I think we're doing well. You know, I, I think some people that, you know, used to really want to work from home want to come back to the office Um, We put some tactics in place to make sure that we communicate effectively, that we collaborate, uh, you know, being on on video um, and that we're consistently talking, um, making sure information cascades down. So, you know, I think tech companies adapted probably a little bit better. I'm specifically happy with our group, um, but it's definitely something that we're learning on the fly.
0: And one thing I want to ask here as well, how does it impact also how you communicate with your existing customer and prospective customers?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good uh, really good question. What we've noticed from the data is that our first, you know, our first couple of meetings used to be in person. We like to get in front of the customer and, and show our visualization capabilities. We're doing a lot more video conference. And I think everybody has gotten a little more used to that. And, you know, that was really um, our ability to present um, our value prop through, through video means and, and, you know, also provide the follow-up. So, you know, companies on the other end have adapted as well. So we feel pretty comfortable that we can, you know, communicate our visualization experience over video. And in reality, we walk them through their own use case. We talk to them about, you know, tell us about your buyer journey and we kind of, you know, show them the gap in, in their own website process. Um, so that's, that's, that's a fun experience to be able to create that, um, digitally and, and over video
0: conferencing. And one thing I see, and I think it's obvious for most people right now, so as you already said, right, so e-commerce website are uh, in high demand, visualization, help with that typically, right? So, But I'm wondering, uh, based on what you see right now, does that also change your business objectives or potentially the roadmap of what you want to do short-term and long-term?
1: Yeah, <clears throat> so we've done a lot of planning recently, as, as I suspect most companies have done, and you know, having lived through the, the real estate recession at Zillow, I, I have kind of a, a different um, perspective, or at least unique to me. Um, I think trough markets or, or markets that are under pressure like this are a great time to innovate. Um, it is kind of where survival of the fittest takes an evolutionary leap. And so we're, we're doubling down. Um, you know, we're doubling down on our roadmap. We're thinking about accelerating our deployment cycles um, it's a it's a speed game for us. And so um, you know we're we're playing for a world where we believe CPQ is seeking a bigger market. Um, we, we believe you know CPQ will be a part of commerce, uh, and at least commerce UIs. And so we're we're taking this time to, to you know to hit the keyboard hard and, and prepare for the future with, with advanced technology. Mm-hmm. Um, spe- specifically thinking about you know configurations in AR. Um, multi-person experiences in vr Um, so it's, it's a good time to double down on the roadmap
0: and one thing i have to ask because i see that with the customers that i work with they want to have changes very quick these days right so it's not good enough to say you have something you want to do that in six months just wondering do you see that too and if so what do you say to your customers
1: yeah that's that's interesting um You know, from the from the business side, the uh, the business decision makers conversation has definitely accelerated. Um, There's on the on the financial approving side, there's some that are wait and see. They want to see how the next year pans out. Some are, um, you know, still moderately uh, advancing this as a priority. And then some are, are, are moving super fast. And so they're pushing us to move faster, which is what you alluded to. Hmm. You know, I, I always talk about, you know, what state of readiness are you in? Um, because we need source data. And the source data mostly comes from CAD. So we try to match up our pace with their pace of, of digital visual readiness to get going. And that's, you know, that's a lot of collaboration. That's communication. That's them doing homework and us doing homework. Um, but for the, for the people that want to move fast, we, are, uh, we will accommodate, but co- moving efficiently is always kind of my mantra.
0: If you need to know what's happening in the CPQ world, have a look at our monthly CPQ Circle subscription. It has a state of CPQ, industry trends, news, tips and tricks, and an event calendar that shows CPQ-related industry events eight months out. Try it today. You won't regret it. Go to novocpq.com, look for services, and then select subscriptions to sign up. And if you listen regularly to the CPQ podcast and or get good information from it, consider supporting us. Even a small amount can make a difference. See the CPQ podcast page on novocpq.com for more info. Justin, who is an ideal customer for Atlassian software?
1: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. It kind of dovetails dovetails in the last question. Um, you know, any company over fifty million, we we can make a case for. Um, we we usually work with companies that are uh, a, a billion plus. Um, most likely, they have a strong buyer's journey, strong web presence. They have a strong sales force. Um, they have a strong tech stack with uh, commerce platforms as well as CPQ Um, and those conversations are really around weighing um, the value of, of visual or digital models versus photography and like you said in the previous question that's a good place to start because actually there's a cost savings there so if they can identify their priorities from the CAD model side we can do cost analysis on actually saving them money now on the, uh, the production of, of digital models versus photography. The, the value there, Frank, being you know, digital models live in perpetuity. You can make updates to them pretty, pretty easy with a 3D uh, graphic artist. Uh, photography has to be shot over and over again. Uh, it's not reusable. Um, and right now, if you're trying to shoot product and you're trying to move it around the country and you're trying to get a large amount of people together to do that photo shoot, um, you can't. So you're, you're blocked. So we, we offer a cost-cutting solution there.
0: And are you focusing on specific industries, use cases, geographies uh, for, for the visual commerce offering?
1: Yeah. So we're, we're focused on about nine verticals uh, against that ICP that you mentioned. We, we're definitely looking for people that uh, want to invest in the experience of their buyers and want to increase their conversions. Um, so we, uh, you know, UX, UI people, VPs of marketing that have done this in the past are, are definitely people we're trying to align with. Um, v- visual commerce is a movement. And so there's, there's a lot of people that are in the visual community that um, we try to align with and, and serve from the business side.
0: And then one thing I have to ask Justin, because I see on LinkedIn uh, regular posts also from Atlassian Software concerning G two reports, right? So then I was wondering, how do you use them, and what do they do for for your team?
1: That's great. Yeah. Well, you know, as any emerging technology, uh, the our buyers, uh, the, the seller side, um, you know, wants to know your your accolades. Or your, you know, this this new company that I heard about are, are they are they you know, Creditworthy, and you know G two has been a great source because it's it's built of our customer base. I think G two does a great job of of displaying the you know the pros and cons of all companies that help help businesses select the right you know product or platform for them, um, as well as the other analyst information out there. So we're a big fan of G two. How do we use them exactly? Um, we market their reports to our to our client and prospect base. You know, as affirmation that we are, you know, a visual leader in the space, and you know, are suited to help them uh, grow their business.
0: Now, I was wondering, uh, visual software also would uh, lend itself potentially to work with other CPQ vendors, right? So because right now, since CPQ capabilities is not the focus of your abilities anymore, I was just wondering, are you considering working with CPQ vendors uh, because you see them less as a competitor now and more as a potential partner?
1: Yeah, we've, uh, over the last year, we've kind of de- detached our visualization technology from our other products um, and have allowed other entrenched CPQ vendors to, to benefit from our technology. Um, most notably, uh, we work with sales, uh, Salesforce CPQ, um, as well as Oracle CPQ, uh, and have worked for Oracle for over maybe two years now. So we enjoy those partnerships. Um, they have access to customers that that we didn't have before and we you know we appreciate getting to collaborate on on big deal sizes and combining you know their strengths which is you know powerful complex cpq engines you know with our ability to match with with visual uh visual objectives
0: and i mean you have been doing the switch now for a little while but how did your customers react when you told them that you would switch focus from cpq to visual commerce because i would expect that impact some of your existing customers
1: yeah, yeah. We, you know, we, um, we're committed to still serving our customer base. We've got some other products that um, you know, we've got uh, a stable client base and we'll continue to support them. But when we thought about what our big differentiator in the market was, it was definitely visual. Um, and, and visual um, is the first touch point for the buyer. And so that, that really showed us what our lead product and value statement to the market should be. And quite frankly, demand started pulling us into other markets. Um, you know, as I've noted with Oracle and Salesforce and others, and so, you know, w- when you think about what the, the buyer of this technology, or uh, the, the companies, the B2B to the B2C, they want a whole product solution, right? And so they want to be able to combine, you know, the best CPQ, the best commerce platform, the best visualization technology, um, and a lot of times the, the, the right system integrators to put it all together. Um, so, so we want to be flexible. And that's, that's the reason for the, the focus in visual commerce.
0: And one follow-up question here, since you mentioned Salesforce and Oracle, uh, are you also working with uh, Dynamics and, and NetSuite and, and other CRM solutions as well?
1: We are. We've, we've had conversations with the major players. Uh, we've chosen we've as a strategy to really, really focus on Oracle and Salesforce. Um, But we're set up so we can integrate with with anybody that would find our our visual services valuable.
0: And can you share anything, uh, any existing customer experience where they had uh, what kind of return on investment they got or what benefits they got from using your solution?
1: Yeah, so that's interesting you bring that up. So we've we've talked a lot about experiences um, in our thought leadership content. Now we're talking about the efficiencies of visual. And the efficiencies of visual are really uh, mul- multifold. The, the number one is, is conversion rates, right? And it's, it's converting buyers at that moment of truth when they're, when they're thinking about a product purchase. And so we've seen you know, increases from 40 cent, 40% all the way to 400% uh, depending on, on the product, you know, all due to that interactivity, you know, that real-time configuration that, that the buyer can do. Now, downstream, we've, we've mapped uh, buyer's journeys for customers and modeled the re- return on visual investments that we affectionately call Rovi, um, all the way down to the dollar, right? So there's an investment for atlateral visual, but if you compare that to the return um, with ARPU, it, it, it's a really strong case. And to give you numbers, um, some of our customers spend 50 to 200 bucks to return $1,000 dollars. So what what we want to say is, you know, you put money in, this is the money you're going to get out. And it really helps companies focus against their other priorities on on how to invest in visual and what they're going to get out of it.
0: Excellent. Now, on a more practical level, right? So when a customer has already talked to you, they made the decision they want to use AdLadel software for their visual needs. What should they do to get ready for um, a visual CPQ project?
1: Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I'd say the the first thing they need to do is is figure out what their priority of their cat assets are, and and what you know what is their objective on um, on building those those digital models. Uh, obviously, they've got to have their uh, their pricing logic, their bomb logic set up, and understand what they're trying to achieve based on the, the bell curve or fringe cases from from CTO or ETO. Um, and then you know, picking the right partners to work with and, and what, what does success look like? And so we just try to timeline this. We try to set milestones that are mutually agreed upon so we make sure we're meeting our success objectives. Um, and then it's all about testing the system, right? It's all about usability. And you know, what, I, what I would recommend to clients is that um, you know, let's get the decision makers in the room, let's get the, the financial approvers in the room, Let's also get the people that are using the tool day to day um, and watch how they use it. Um, you know, sometimes building at the top level and then and then the people using it at the lower levels have difference of opinions. Um, so it's, it's it's really important to test through all the different use cases and something that, that we learn a lot from too. And that, that really informs our, our roadmap. You know, by by listening intently to our client base and our prospects, we, we get a lot of good information that you know, that Excel is that roadmap that you talked about earlier.
0: And I think one thing which is important for every customer to consider is a visual solution is potentially different to maintain than a non-visual solution. What do you recommend your customers they should look at to maintain your solution?
1: Well, to maintain the solution, um, you've got to upkeep your assets, which are actually cheaper than photography. So um, that's that's a win there. And... They can either do it on the client side. That means, you know, updates to any component changes that happen year over year, or we have a, di- a digital asset management practice uh, at Laddle. so we can, you know, we can do that for you. So once we've established a, a relationship, then um, that's kind of a, a shared practice practice where we help maintain those assets based on product updates as well as product launches. You know, a lot of our discussions are with CMOs on you know, how do they get better distribution in their product portfolio and what's coming seasons out. Um, and that's, that's incredibly important, not only from a, a visual CPQ perspective, a visual commerce perspective, but these digital assets also have, you know, marketing value outside of the, the, the core tech, um, you know, with, you know with the assets you can create photoreal experiences that can be used in marketing and loyalty campaigns um, there is start use cases starting to part up, uh, pop up with in-store displays and you know field sales can obviously use it in their sales collateral as well so there's there's really kind of a, a multiple uh, leverage on on the asset and we we kind of think about it as is visual is is the connection or cohesive tissue through the multiple intersections of, of the customer lifecycle, if that makes sense.
0: And where do you expect the visual commerce to go in the next twelve months, especially during these COVID nineteen times?
1: So that's that's what everybody's talking about, and the you know the the bet, um, and to kind of go back to the gamble side of this is that you know what's the new normal, right? And digital natives have always started their buying journey digitally, right? And usually for the comfort of their couch with the device of our life, which is a cell phone, right? It, it usually doesn't start inhuman for them. And so, you know, kind of the, the baby boomer population that might have started in person, um, I think those digital habits have changed. So I, I think you're going to see an acceleration of digital transformation. And I, I think the pain that we felt through the pandemic um, will increase and unlock funds to do so. You know, you've got a lot of sidelined money that didn't go to trade shows. You've got a lot of sidelined money that's not going into to marketing. You know, through other means. So, you know, as capex gets un- unfrozen, do you do the old world stuff? And we're we're better that people are going to do the new world stuff. And pr- predominantly, that's that's visualization. In um, in uh, customer intersections, is, is commerce and CPQ.
0: And I have one question related to that. Uh, do you offer any virtual events in the near future that our listeners may want to know about?
1: Yeah, we've got one coming up. Uh, I think in six weeks, which is why product visualization is superior to photography. Um, we think that's really relevant, relevant because of the cost savings. And you can uh, you can reach out for inclusion at marketing at at ladlesoftware.com for any interest and i'd highly advise uh i'd highly advise your listeners subscribe to our thought leadership content which are the ebooks that we publish a lot of lot of good a lot of good content in that
0: perfect justin i could keep going here for quite some time unfortunately we have to come to the end of this episode and hence my question what's a good way for interested listeners to uh, get a hold of you if they have any follow-up questions
1: yeah if you have any follow-up questions um you can reach out to sales sales at, at lateral com. i'm on that alias and I'll, I'll answer you back directly
0: perfect justin thank you very much for taking the time to do the podcast today
1: hey frank i always have a great time talking to you appreciate it
0: I'd like to thank everyone for listening and hope you learned something interesting today. If you like the podcast, please go ahead and rate it on iTunes or share it with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, you can find us online at www.novocpq.com. So long, everyone.